Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Daniel McCarthy. Daniel is the CEO of Mobile Mentor and is based in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, He defines himself as a global citizen, as I said, now based in New Zealand and leading a technology services company across Australia, New Zealand and the USA. An engineering graduate who has worked in commercial leadership roles in many countries and organizations such as Avis, Procter & Gamble, LEK Consulting, etc., He's passionate about leading authentically and always learning from others. He is the CEO, as I mentioned, of Mobile Mentor, recently awarded Microsoft Global Partner of the Year in Modern Endpoint Management. I have to ask him a bit more about that. That's exciting. Uh, but mainly what's exciting is uh, is having you on the podcast. Hi, Jonah. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was a bit of a mouthful, that last bit, wasn't it? I'll talk to that a bit more later if you want. Yeah, please do. No, it's great. I think it's awesome. Uh, now... If you can, obviously, there's the there's the description of what you do. But for for our listeners, can you give everyone a bit of a window into the world of Daniel McCarthy right now, uh, in terms of your organisation and, and your role and and what you're doing at the moment? Sure, John. Um, yeah, look, um, my role is to run a team of very specialist uh, technologists, I guess, across Australia, the New Zealand, and the US. To, to deliver IT services. Uh, we call them modern endpoint management. That's effectively any device you use in the workplace, laptops, uh, tablets, uh, mobiles, uh, to do your job. And, and I'm, I guess, privileged enough to, to be the CEO. And we have a team that spans uh, geographically from Adelaide across to the east coast of the US. Um, and all the points in between. Actually, we've even got a couple of people in in the Philippines too. So it's even even broader uh, geographically. And um, there's 80 of us at last count and growing. And uh, we are very specialist in the Microsoft tech. Uh, hence, you know, that last mouthful that sort of we we're Microsoft global partner in modern endpoint management, and we get called in to to help deploy Microsoft technology inside organizations and to manage that tech on an ongoing basis as part of our managed service. The, the, the world of, of Daniel uh, currently uh, is often spent in in my home office on uh, on Teams meetings for many hours a day with <laughs> yes. customers, <laughs> partners, uh, our team, uh, you know, my, my, my team, etc. So can be quite uh, it, it, it can be quite lonely in some ways but equally quite a, quite um, diverse in the kind of day as I said to you before I joined uh, before we started this this podcast mm. you know this is I think my my 12th my 12th conversation today uh, on <laughs> on uh, virtually wow I feel like there'd be a lot of listeners nodding along 
from their home offices right now anyway, or they're listening in a couple of years' time going, that's right, I remember that. I, you know, hopefully that's where we or get to, right? Or they're walking around. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, John, I've, I've become quite um, famous is the wrong word, but well-known uh, for doing a lot of walking meetings. Yes, um, I love I a walking meeting. I decided to do that with this call because uh, because of the noise around, but I I tend to do a lot of walking meetings. Um, so that there's probably people listening to the, this podcast who are themselves walking around with headphones uh, on right. some in some park somewhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I do a lot of listening to podcasts when I'm cycling. So, um, yeah, it is. there are probably a lot of people out and about. Uh, so thank you for giving us a bit of a window into what you do and keen to chat a bit more about that. And uh, it's really interesting, the field you're in. Uh, but tell us a bit more about Daniel's story. You know, feel free to go back as far as you want. What are some of those moments that really shaped you becoming the leader you are today? Right. I guess um, I started, I grew up in, in Malta, a little island in the Mediterranean. And uh, I was the son of two teachers. And at some point in my early years, my father gave up his teaching career to become an entrepreneur. And I think he was actually an entrepreneur already. Uh, he was already doing some some work on the side as well as being a teacher. And uh, and I guess I watched my father uh, build a, a tourism business uh, from quite early age and, and helped him and was, was in there. Um, you know, putting putting uh, mail out into envelopes and typing up uh, things uh, for him, and, and just my brother, my older brother, and I both helped uh, my father in his business, and that gave me an insight into. I guess my my father was the first leader I watched operating, right? Um, and then I was lucky enough to end up in the UK, um, where I studied engineering, and. Uh, uh, well, out of, out of that, uh, I guess I was always looking for those leadership roles, whether it was um, at, at college, uh, whether it was in part-time roles that I had. Um, I would always, I was whether it was even projects I was involved in engineering. Um, it was kind of a bit of a natural thing for me to seek. Maybe I'm, because you know, I'm looking for to control the outcome or whatever it is. Um, so. <laughs> I, I started leading people, you know, I ran the, I ran the college bar uh, that, that had its own benefits and perks. Um, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was captain of a, a number of things. So it, it's, it, it sort of was, those were the, the, the first experiences of leadership. Um, you could say I just said yes to opportunities when they came up, right? That was my, my way of, of becoming a, a leader in the early days. Um, and then I started my life working in the UK for, for Procter & Gamble. Um, and, and again, I guess it's the same. Whenever there was an opportunity to, to lead small teams, um, I would put my hand up. Sometimes I got it. Um, sometimes you didn't. You know, that's something you learn over time. Um, and, and I spent the next... You know, so so over time, I guess I moved around countries. I worked in Italy. I worked in the in the U.S. Um, I worked um, even in, in, in working in Indonesia for a small a small period of time. Um, in Australia, in New Zealand, um, I moved around. And what I enjoyed is 
the diversity of thinking that you get from being, as I, I call myself, a global citizen. You know, um, and 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 it's it's different cultures have different ways of approaching problems, of approaching uh, conflict, approaching cooperation, um, and I and I've learned to adapt to that and to use that. Uh, I mean, nowadays I'm I'm proud of the fact that in Mobile Mentor, uh, at last count, I think we had 17 nationalities in our in our team. Uh, as I said, not just geographically distributed, but culturally diverse as well. And and I think that creates better conversations um, and better opportunities to to to, to break down problems and, and find different solutions. Right? Um, yeah. But it is absolutely. harder as a leader. It's it's much easier to manage a <laughs> uh, a team that all think the same. But I'm not sure that that's the kind of thing I'd want to uh, I'd want to lead or or, or manage over time. Yeah. Um, and somehow I've ended up in New Zealand running a tech business um, across three countries. Uh, I don't know that it was in the plan when I when I when I left college many years ago <laughs> um, as a as an engineer. But uh, I love it and I love what I do and I guess that is it's part of you know what what makes me tick is that combination of of leading a great team and 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 doing some great things with with our customers yeah that's wonderful um thank you for uh, for sharing a bit of a bit of your story if we go back to watching your dad lead and as you said already being an, an entrepreneur but watching him take that step to build the travel business do you remember any specific moments that really stand out to you as as sort of leadership or life lessons from watching your dad lead in business, like any moments where you watched on and and got a front row seat to um, a really hard time where you sort of learnt by being with him through that, or or seeing him make some great decisions yeah. where you went, wow, that's what he just did with that client or that customer was brilliant. Anything come to mind? Yeah, it's sort of a it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Watching your own your own father, um, and I didn't clearly I didn't end up in the tourism business, <laughs> so, um, but I guess I learned the power of vision from an entrepreneur, and 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 how he saw opportunities that others didn't. Um, he opened whole new markets for Maltese people to go overseas to places that they hadn't even been to before, uh, Tunisia, um, uh, Sicily, places, you know, that wouldn't feature in, in, you know, if everyone was going to Rome and, and Paris and all those kind of places, he opened new markets. So I, I, I saw that and I was always in awe of his ability to identify a, a niche and, and really crack it open, have a crack at it. Um, there was also the other side of, of an entrepreneur, which is that inability to let go um, of yeah. control of the business. And and ultimately, he got sick and was unable to really um, hand over the business uh, to somebody else when he got sick. And and that was another you know another lesson, which is. You've got to get this balance of this entrepreneurial fearlessness and, and vision balanced out with the ability to 
let go of the, the, the operational reins in a way and have somebody else do that. Um, and I, I remember very clearly taking taking those away with me and thinking, I, I, I'm, I'm not the entrepreneur that he is. I haven't got that, that but, I, but, but I'm, I'm, uh, I understand how the, the success for me is being able to have other people step in and do my role with with very little impact on the organization hmm. uh, in a way it's sort of you're always looking to make yourself redundant from every every every, every role that you you go into and that's stuck with yeah. me yeah uh, for my whole career actually yeah that's that's really profound so, those are probably um, two big the two big big lessons from watching an entrepreneur in action yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, sharing so vulnerably about about your. Dad. Oh, sorry. There's probably another one, Jono. Yeah, jump Jono, in. There's go probably for it. another one, which is the loyalty, <laughs> the loyalty that his people had towards him, and how he treated them with respect, and mm. yeah, treating people with with respect, and the, the loyalty he built uh, in the team was 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 also very formational for me. And it's something I, mm. I seek to model every every day, really. Yeah, that's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful lesson, and something that I think you would pick up a lot from watching someone closely, because there's a real uh, gift and there's a real nuance to leading people in that way. That that you have to deeply care because people pick up. You know, if you really got their back, people will will be very loyal, and and it, it's uh, it's amazing how much that can make a difference when you're leading people. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. What about more recently in your journey, as you have, uh, as you've grown and, and travelled the world in different in different places? Are there any moments in your leadership journey that come to mind as um, really pivotal moments as a leader, where you went, "Oh my goodness, I'm in the deep end," or "I've dropped the ball here," and it was a real pivotal moment, or something where you had no idea what you were going to do, but you ended up getting to the other side with your team and and uh, and having a big win and it's 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 really stuck with you any moments like that oh look there's plenty of moments there's plenty of uh, micro failures right um in yeah. in the leadership <laughs> like journey yeah and, that's good and uh there's probably some macro failures too but um <laughs> i think one of the you know um i don't know who said it, or whether it's even a, if it's even quoted by anybody? But you know, fa every failure is a learning learning opportunity, right? And yeah. and if you're not if you're not learning, if you're not failing, you're not learning. Uh, we didn't learn to walk by standing up and starting running straight away, right? Uh, all of us learned to walk by taking a few tumbles, a lot of tumbles. Learn to whether it's learning to ski, whether to ride a bike, whatever it is. Um, and uh, and if you're pushing yourself and always always being slightly outside your own comfort em envelope, then you're gonna you're gonna hit things and you're gonna you're gonna break things and and and, and you're gonna sometimes break yourself too. So there's been plenty of those, um, and and some of them were a result of me overestimating my ability at the time. <laughs> um, and thankfully, I've been surrounded by great people who've being able to step in and say, I don't think this is, I don't think you're ready for this, or I don't think this is, a, is, is right for you right now. Um, and, and some of it is, is I guess, 
not having the answer and, and, and sort of going to those around me uh, to, to help find the answer. Um, I spent 10 years as a, as a consultant, a strategy consultant, actually probably longer. And it's very tempting to feel as a consultant that you, you know, your job is to find the answer and to have the answer and to be the smartest person in the room. Um, but actually over time you realize that the, the real, real transformation of power comes from not necessarily being the smartest person in the room, but I guess being the most curious person in the room mm. and asking and asking the questions of the team. Um, so, um, my objective these days is probably to be the least, um, smart person in the room. Um, but ask of those around me uh, um, for the for the answers because there's there's more of them. Doesn't mean I, you don't contribute, but it's it's about getting the answers from from those around you. So, um, yeah, that my journey has been full of bumps and scrapes and um, and disappointments, um, and the trick has been not to take it too personally, but to learn from it. Um, how do and, you? And how I, how I have you done that? I think a lot yeah. of listeners would be, because um, I'm thinking that as well. It's like it's so it's so easy to hear that and to say that even, but I I found personally that's really hard to do. Um, what have you learned? How? What oh, advice would you give? <laughs> what advice would you give, particularly to a young oh. leader who who really needs to hear that? And and how can they do that? Yeah. Uh, look, I agree. By the way, and and. Uh, you know how you, we always make our lives sound a lot easier in retrospect than it was. You know, it's a bit <laughs> yeah. like it's a, little, it's a bit like building your CV and 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 making pretending that it was all planned from when you were 21, um, <laughs> and then realizing that actually it was all a bunch of accidents um, <laughs> that you ended up where you are. Yeah, um, but I, I guess I had a great um, mentor, sort of mental coach. I came across a few years ago. Um, she's uh, she lives in Sydney these days, um, and she, you know, she took me down the path of recognizing that a lot of the noise is in your own head. Um, mm. And she had this great expression about, you know, you've got to slow. Y your brain is like a fan, and it's spinning and thinking a million different thoughts. And if you don't slow it down, um, it's a bit like trying to trying to throw a paper airplane towards a, a fan. That paper airplane will never get there. So, so you've just got to slow things down and actually um, allow your, your your brain to to focus and to think. Um, but it's harder said. It's easier said than done. Uh, and and I wish I could pretend that I you know I was always a, a big mindfulness kind of guru. I'm sitting cross-legged. Um, uh, uh, thinking about these things, and I didn't. I, I, uh, but I just, I guess, l learned over time to to take it on, to take it on the chin, and actually learn from it, and say, what's the what's the thing I'm going to learn from what's just happened, right? Because um, one of the things I love about the American culture is that that sort of, oh yeah, you knock me down, but I'm going to get up again. Um, what's the what's the captain america expression you know i could do this all day um <laughs> and it just gets up every time um 
spot the Marvel fan. Um, <laughs> it, it's um, it, it's one of those things where you've just you've you've just got to build resilience in yourself and a belief in yourself. And we've we've all got we've all got our own unique set of talents and skills. And or eight billion of us are are unique in many ways. Um, and and ultimately, it's the, the the advice I'd give someone who's young and, and sort of starting out is don't don't take it personally. Just think of it as as, an, as a literally something that you've just been taught. Yes, here's, yeah, here's yeah. another lesson. Just like if you're you know like if you're in a boxing ring and you get, you get punched in the eye, then well, the, well hopefully you're not going to expose that eye anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to block it. So it's. Take each op- take each each lesson and 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 dust off and move on. Doesn't mean you can't feel sorry for yourself for a little bit. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because in in a sport or uh, in arts, you know, you'd never expect to start painting and just go. You know what? For my first painting, I'm just going to really nail it. I'm going to nail a landscape. You just go into it assuming I'm probably going to be pretty bad to start with. I'm going to make mistakes, but I'll have a good. Um, teacher and I'll get better or in the in the boxing ring like you said I'm probably going to get knocked down I probably won't win my first um, my first fights because I'm just still learning but it's going to help me work out like we don't assume we're just going to walk in a ring and but with leadership I, I, I certainly felt like that a little bit like I walked in going okay it's time for my I'm going to have a perfect record from day one you're not necessarily thinking that consciously but there is definitely in in high achievers and high performers Maybe because you get rewarded for high performance, you, you you assume that the leadership and leading people is about not making any mistakes when it's actually almost the other way around. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a really good observation. Um, there's this this aura almost around certain leaders that they're, they're kind of infallible or invincible or whatever. Right, because they've been built up. I mean, I, I you know I came to a generation of sort of you know Jack Welch, yeah. and um, and uh, you know the Sage of Omaha, um, uh, um, whose name has just escaped me, <laughs> um, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Warren Buffett. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. You know people like that who just had just nailed it um, in 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 that particular company or in that particular period of time um, but um, no one ever talks about the, the 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 failures they've had too yeah right and and how they've learned from those uh, because all the books get written about the amazing success and their methods <laughs> and all this sort of stuff yeah. right? so, that's so true um, whereas most leaders and and sort of the more you hang out with leaders and the more authentic you are about um, what, how you view life and leadership and so on, the more you realize that other leaders are equally flailing around sometimes <laughs> trying to figure out, you know, the answer with their team. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and so I guess we, we just need to demystify leadership a little bit to being much more this ability to, to recognize that you don't have the answers and to, to, motivate and encourage others to help you with that 
Yeah, I, I like how I you, a, how you I, said that around not knowing the answers and what you said earlier really really um, sticks out to me around trying to fill the room with trying to be the, you know, the least smart person in the room because you fill it with people who are smarter than you. Yeah, yeah. You just need to be curious and ask, and ask questions. Um, and also, I guess, the other, the other dimension of leadership that I, I'm particularly passionate about is this idea that my job is to help my team excel. Yeah. That's all I'm there to do. Right. So um, if that means coaching, if that means providing guidance, if that means helping solve problems, whatever it is, I've got amazing, an amazing team made up of amazing individuals who can all excel if I provide the right environment uh, and, and the right conditions. So my job is pretty simple, really which is making sure that others succeed. Yeah, that's so good. That's that's actually been my biggest learning from doing this podcast, from talking to leader after leader after leader. The thing that stuck out to me the most is I think I've always loved the idea of servant leadership, but there's something about the servant serving that um, I find it's a bit hard to put it into practice yeah, unless you like, um, you know, wash the feet of every employee on you like it feels there's something about it that doesn't quite go it doesn't I don't quite it's hard to put it into practice but what I've definitely heard is this idea of support like realizing I can't mm. tell you how many leaders have said again and again the big light bulb moment for them was when they stopped expecting their team to support them and realized really their job was to get in and support their team and create like you said create the right environment coach them support them and they then flourish and you support them as they train their team. And it's like, if you can support your people and not think of them as there to support you, or these are my five people on my team who are here to support me, but actually turn up every day to support them, that's probably the biggest mindset shift that's been a real aha moment for me since starting this podcast. Yeah, that's 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 right. Um, in a funny sort of way, <laughs> um, sacrilege as it might sound, you know, so the leadership team, and I think they do this in some companies, the leadership team should select the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure I've seen some companies that, that do this. But but um, I had a guy um, in my team who used to, who said to, who openly said to customers, you know, the least, the least useful person in the room right now is the CEO. Uh, and, and I used to agree with him. I said, no, you're absolutely right. The least useful is definitely me, <laughs> because because the experts the experts are the rest of the team. Um, but that is servant leadership, and you're right. It's not it's not about uh, servitude is a is a horrible word, um, but support and and motivation and, mm. and so on. That's that's what what it takes to for a team to succeed. And and conflict resolution sometimes, right? Oh, a hundred percent. In fact, what, one one of the one of the one of my accountabilities accountabilities that we talk about in, in my team is that I am I am the chief conflict resolution resolver. Oh, I like that. Um, and that's again, you know, about trust. So the team trusts that I am going to have everyone's back, and and that I'm going to 
look to resolve the conflict in the best possible way. And it takes some skill too of knowing individuals, triggers and personalities and so on and so forth. So that's probably one of my key <laughs> my key attributes these days. I really I really like that. Uh, being the chief conflict resolution sort of officer. What about building that sort of trust and authenticity across a company culture? What have you learned about uh, doing that across across a whole work across a whole group of people, particularly like you are leading now in different locations? Uh, yeah, some many of whom I haven't actually physically met. Mm. Um, look, it's I don't know that there's a there's a copybook on this, of course, but um, I've always believed that you've got to model it to um, get people to believe it, right? So. Yeah. I model trust and I model authenticity as much as I, at every opportunity I, I get, I inherently trust people. I trust that people are going to do the right thing. 99% uh, of the time I've been proven right. And and I try and be as authentic uh, as possible. Again, being conscious of cultural, <laughs> um, being conscious of cultural differences across place, place right? Not, not everyone... Uh, not everyone necessarily appreciates a, a loud Maltese, um, uh, excitable uh, per person. But um, we spend too much time at work to leave our real self at, self at the door, right? Yeah. Uh, we want to be ourselves when we're at work just as much as when we're not at work. And, and so... If you create a place of an environment of trust, uh, and I believe, I truly believe that humans are inherently trustful mm. creatures. If you create that environment of trust, um, I think you said it before, you know, that, that you, we've got each other's back. Yeah. And that we're not there. We're, we're there for a common purpose and so on. Then on the whole, people will really resonate with that mm. uh, and will behave well, beyond what you would imagine, actually, I think people, you know, it's almost like people fall into the swim lane and go faster. Um, yeah, you're because right. they feel supported, they feel that. Uh, yeah, I've I've been there. I've been on the other side. I've been in organisations where the well, fear was a dominant factor, mm. and and then people close up and people don't don't push the boundaries and people don't, um, you know, don't object and. Uh, and and when when something's heading towards a wall, they they don't they just step out of the way and let it crash. Um, yeah, so true. You're right. I, I believe you, you've got to model it, and and people have got to believe. You've got to believe that those around you, your boss, your colleagues, um, are trusting you to to do your your job. And when and when you make mistakes, you go, "Oops, that was me." Mm. Um, you know, so. I think there's the, the the reason I think it, people end up in performing even better in an environment of trust is is you're not wasting mental energy on self-preservation. Yeah, that's so um, true. I believe when people live in when people live in fear, well, fear is a very strong word, but when you know when people live in that kind of uncertainty and and, and doubt, you're wasting a lot of mental energy just mm. defending yourself. 
your brain is sitting in the background, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. listening out to signals of 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 of, of danger. Um, and so your your brain isn't really one hundred percent committed to what you're doing, your job, or your, you know the outcome you're serving your customers, whatever it is. Um, whereas in a, an environment where you trust people around you, that you know those that that is a very small the, the mental energy is focused on on the positive contribution that you're making. So that's, that's um, in, in a I mean, way, it's it, I've never thought about it that way. That's that's really um, it might sound obvious to some, but to me, that's that's quite revolutionary. Yeah, if you think of it as an efficiency in your in how you use, spend your energy, yeah, um, you want to be in an environment where you're spending it all on doing the the, the good stuff. That's your job, <laughs> um, and not spending any of it worrying about who's going to tell you off, how you're going to lose your job, or when you're going to lose your job, or you know. And we've again, I'm I'm sure people listening will have been there, in their environment. And and realize that they spent too much time in what I call self defense mode. It it reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that idea of all the good stuff being at the top around uh, you know that's where a lot of your transformation, self actualization, esteem, love and belonging like that's the stuff that we that's going to be involved in great teamwork and in in getting some great wins together and and winning a championship you know being a championship team that really takes things to another level and then sustains it but safety and that uh you know the physiological needs and safety needs are at the bottom and it's it's so true that if you have people that are in the safety zone and worried and afraid then that's where their energy is going to be spent. And it's it shouldn't be surprising to us because it's literally, um, you know, how we see uh, the way psychology works, that if you have people living in the safety realm and worried and afraid for their job and for their security and uh, uh, potentially not feeling like it's a safe space for them as well to say what they think and those sort of things, then you're not going to see the transformation And because not only do they not have that energy, but they're... Um, how can they shift into that mode when they're when you've created a culture, which is really the leader's responsibility, that allows that sort of uh, culture where people are just trying to feel safe? That's right. I mean, Google did all that research around high-performing teams, right? And psychological safety, yeah, was a fundamental to the highest-performing teams. Uh, I think of it as energy and wasted energy. Mm, I like. <laughs> I, I like that view. Um, if you're, how can you? Yeah, because we all we all know what it's like to lead people and think. How can I? How can I make this easier for you? And there's and that's a win, right? Like if you can support the people, and, and you want to be the sort of leader where people go. It's so easy to to follow them. Like they really do. They're the sort of leader who get the, get. They'll jump in and get roadblocks out of the way for me. And but one of the keys to doing that is creating a culture where people can feel safe. And um, and therefore, and feel secure, and spend all of their energy focusing on transformation, high-level goals, stretch goals, those sort of things. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I then think people give you give you a hundred hundred plus percent of, of their energy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They feel right. safe. Yeah. I think we've yeah. just um, we've we're just touching the surface around some of this stuff, Daniel. So I'd love to invite you back for another conversation because there's so many points that I had written down that I haven't been able to get to but it's because it's just been I've, I've just loved um, 
uh, chatting around these different ideas and, and your story. It's been it's been wonderful. Let's do Leadership Express. So I'm going to ask you a bunch a bunch of questions. Um, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's a book that you've gifted a lot to people? Uh, it's a book called Rocket Fuel. Uh, uh, by uh, Gino Wickman. Ah, fantastic. I know Gino Wickman uh, from Traction. Yes, correct. Yeah, okay. I haven't read correct. Rocket Fuel. That's awesome. Oh, I love hearing about it. The, the Rocket Fuel is the kind of the, the shortened version of Traction. Oh, okay, brilliant. Very easy to read. I, I read it on a plane once in, in an hour or whatever it was, and uh, I now I gift it to a lot of my people I come across. That's a cracker it, of a recommendation. It created the model I, I run my business on these days, yeah. Yeah, love it. Any great yeah. podcasts uh, that you're listening to at the moment or other sources you're reading, watching, listening to? Um, uh, look, I, I mix around, but I'm a massive Simon Sinek fan. Yep. And I, in doses, um, Brené Brown and um, Sir Ken Robinson who sadly passed away last year. Um, oh. Big education um, specialist or guy, British guy, ended up living in, in the US. Those would probably be my top three regular go-tos. Yeah, wonderful. Um, what is a time management or productivity tip or a tool or resource you use in that space? Um I two tips I guess one is I use I'm a proficient user of my diary to block out time to do work yeah I don't just use my diary for meetings but I use my diary for meetings with myself uh, uh, yes which is the time I, I get to do because otherwise uh, I learned this the hard way otherwise your meetings crowd out your thinking time hmm so True. I, I'm, uh, I'm also a big believer in exercise in the morning. So you've got the adrenaline pumping through your body. And I'm more efficient when I do that, more effective. Um, and then a, a, a tip I learned quite late in life, but, but really important, is um, plan your week before it plans you. Mm. So how, do, how do you do that? A bit of time on a Sunday night. A bit of time on a Sunday night, or if I'm busy with my family, first thing Monday morning. Um, make sure you plan your week, and but not to the hundredth percentile, but certainly know what are the big things you want to achieve that week, and what are the big meetings you're going to have that week, and just just have a good sense of the week you're about to dive into, because otherwise, before you know it, it's Tuesday. And you've, you know, you've not, your, your week is running you instead of the other way around. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Uh, what is a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Oh, really impacted me. Schindler's List would be one of my uh, yeah. all-time movies that just, I don't know that it's, that I'd say it's, it's a fun watch. Yeah. Certainly, a, a, an insight into human behavior and in, 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 at both extremes. Yeah, you're right. That's um, in terms of living out your values. That's that uh, doesn't get much mm. more powerful than the story of, of Schindler's List. 
Um, if you could only give one piece of, of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? Uh, listen. Listen more. <laughs> and be yourself. <laughs> yeah, I like that you threw that in. That's good. I should have told. I should have told myself that in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. Uh, I should have listened. If there are any twenty-year-olds listening, listen more and be yourself. I think. Please listen. Us... Listen <laughs> more. Oh, <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, and lastly, speak less, listen more. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Speak less, listen more. Gold. What's the best thing <laughs> you're doing at um, Mobile Mentor? that other leaders should know about? Like anything you've, you're doing now or you've started doing recently, you're just like, oh, this this leadership thing I'm doing or this type of meeting or this, you know, anything you're doing that's sort of the best thing you're doing at the moment. Oh, that's that's a hard question, Jono. Um, I don't know that it's the best thing. It, um, <laughs> it works, for, it seems to be working for us. So uh, we, we've really, I've really struggled. I've really struggled with the, you know, cohesion of a business that's grown quite fast uh, across, as I say, multiple geographies with travel restrictions and so on. So um, I don't know that it's innovative in any shape or form, but we've started what we call the regular water cooler. Um, And it's like a little 15 minutes, 20 minutes, where we all get together and I split everyone off into meeting rooms with a bit of a of a kind of teaser question and i and and it's about just getting four three four five people in a in a room to just talk to each other about something that's not necessarily not business related <laughs> i love Which, that you know we're an, IT company, we're an it company so we're uh, and and we just uh, you know what whatever it is but favorite photo or or whatever it is like and it's the sort of things it's still a virtual meeting don't get me wrong it's um but <laughs> it's just uh, gets us talking to each other at a human level and and we're not talking tech or we're not talking we're just learning about each other uh, a little bit more and as the business scales yeah, I, I want to make sure we maintain our culture uh, and uh, of, of learning from each other and and so on. So that that's always a it's just something we're experimenting with, and I'm sure many and I know many other leaders are experimenting in different ways. And and the pandemic has pushed us there. Yeah, uh, we just have to make the most of it. The thing I love about that is no one like we don't know what we don't know and so we've never been such a virtual workforce and so it wasn't like we've ever really had the data or research on on what it is that you miss out on when you go virtual really and I feel like that's I love that because it's like those water cooler moments those walking past each other making a cup of tea in the office having some of you in the room together when you're on a team meeting with, with overseas, it's like those moments where you're just together and you, you actually think, what's the point? There is something in that. And we've all learned that the hard way by going, what is, what is this missing from being online? This is different and this is missing something. Mm. And I think more and more we're going to have to think creatively about how to create 
some things really intentionally as leaders that when you're all physically working in the same office at the same location happens very naturally. That's right. And, and some of it is really learning how to be yourself virtually. And yeah, you know, we, we've, we've all, we've all learned to be ourselves physically through interactions with people. Um, but we've had this crash course in suddenly becoming virtual human beings. And, and there's a, there's a, there's a set of skills there that we all, we're all practicing every day these days, uh, from both from a work and from a, from a personal perspective. So it's, uh, it's quite a, it's quite a journey for all of us. I watched my kids, you know, go through a couple of years now of, of online learning on and off and, and the stuff they're learning on how to be a virtual citizen is quite different to how we what how and what we learned so i agree i think it's <laughs> it's definitely been uh, it's definitely forced us to push the envelope and there's a lot of things that i think we we are learning that we'll look back on and and there'll be some big aha moments in the future based on what what we've all been walking through together um this has been so much fun, Daniel. Uh, for those who are listening and just really loving your story and, um, you know, mobile mentor, where can people find you online if they if they want to connect? Uh, I guess um, mobilementor.com is our website. Um, I'll, I'm on there. Uh, if they want, you want my contact details, then probably LinkedIn is a good way to connect with me don't send me random linkedin requests <laughs> because <laughs> uh, put some context put some context around them even if it's just mentioning this podcast or whatever um because i get a lot of um frankly there's a bit of spam that goes into linkedin these days and i've got to be quite careful on how how and who i connect with yeah you're um, right it can be a bit hard to find or, the or needle through, in the or, or connect yeah i'll connect to me through our through our mobile mentor website um there's a con there's a contact um, information there and, and people who want to can can, can get hold of me. So Excellent. Uh, hopefully there's some insights that people can learn from. Oh, 100, 100%. I've really enjoyed it. I've definitely learned a lot today. Uh, so to our listeners, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in. Don't forget, we also have the leadership question of the day where I ask you a different question in every episode to put a stone in your shoe and challenge you in your leadership and the John O'White Leadership Podcast, which is more seven tips on how to create a healthy culture and, and just sort of um, I unpack those sort of different pieces there. But uh, the biggest uh, thank you is for Daniel. I've just really loved chatting today and thank you for sharing so vulnerably. And there's lots of advice you've given that's churning around in my brain um, that's, that I feel like has been really helpful for me and challenging in the best way. And, and I think it'll really help listeners too. So thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome, Tony. Good to meet you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. 
We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership. And leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57 page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage consultclarity.org right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, Jono White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. 
and I stand by that. It's uh, you have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it, and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White, or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.